Gotcha. Good evening, Talk and Fight fans. Welcome once again to another exciting episode of Neil the Deal with Neil the Deal himself. And tonight, he's got a special episode lined up because he's going to be talking about Sugar Ray Robinson, one of the greatest of all time. Hey, how you doing, Graham? Nice to see you again, as usual. How's everything today? I hope it's going well. It is. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. I hope everything's going well with all you Talk and Fight fans, Neil the Deal fans. Guys, I hope you had a good day. I had a great day. As Graham said, we're going to talk about a guy uh, that disputably is the greatest boxer of all time. Now, I was holding back on this guy, but since we uh, did Monzone yesterday, I felt it was in order to uh, go to the guy that actually is considered basically the only guy that was better than Monzone, and that was Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson, guys. So that's who we're going to talk about tonight. It might be a little bit of a lengthy one, Graham. I don't know what we're going to, how you guys want to approach it, because this guy had a very big career, long time, a lot of stuff about him. So uh, let's just get into it a bit. I want to thank you first, guys, out there in Neil the Deal, talking fight land. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the like and sharing with your friends. I appreciate that immensely. The comments have been really great. You guys have been answering a lot of the questions and the trivia questions, which is fantastic. And uh, obviously the subscriptions are coming in. You guys are letting some of your friends know who we are, what we're doing here at Talk and Fight. And we got a whole bunch of professional people hosting these shows. So feel free to check out the other shows. Bola, The Scoop, The Female Fist with Scarlet, and of course Knuckle Up with Mikey. So let's uh, let's all have fun together, guys. Be safe out there. I know it's getting colder. So let's talk about uh, bundle up and stay warm. Let's talk about our man here. Apparently, he's the world's greatest fighter, Graham. I've done all the research, as you know. Everywhere I go, everybody has said that he is actually the world's greatest boxer in the history of boxing. So, I mean, I've always heard about him. I knew he was amazing. I just didn't know that he was actually considered that high up in in basically everybody's everybody's categories. Like, from Box Rec to Ring Magazine to boxing news magazines to old school stuff that they used to do. Uh, all these announcers, Burt Sugar used to talk about him a lot. And uh, he's just amazing. So give me a sec here. I'm going to uh, do something down here. I'm going to turn that off. There we go. All right. So we're talking about uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Well, guys, here we go. This is an amazing story. So check it out. He was born. Walker Smith Jr. Walker Smith Jr. was his was his name. He was not born Sugar Ray Robinson. He was born May 3rd, 1921 in Ely, Georgia. Ely, Georgia. He died April 12th, 1989 in Los Angeles, California. He had a career that spanned uh, 25 years, 1940 to 1965. He was inducted into the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1990 and was regarded at that time, and still is, the best boxer ever. So guys, if we're talking about boxing, I would think that this is the kind of guy you'd want to go and check out, considering he's been labeled the best boxer in the history of boxing. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. If you don't go watch this guy, you might as I don't know, get another hobby. I don't know, do something else. So... He, he fought in quite a number of divisions. Uh, he fought in four divisions, actually five, now that I think of it. It was a featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, and light heavyweight. 
all the way up through his career. So he went from featherweight to light heavyweight, which is a big, big, big jump in uh, in uh, in weight class. Now he had an amateur career. Uh, he was an amazing amateur, Graham. Check this out. So he had a total of uh, it's unknown exactly apparently how many amateur fights he had again because a lot of them were not recorded. So apparently it's the number is more than this, but this is the known number. The known number is total fights uh, 85, all right? And he had zero, get that, zero losses. He was 85 and 0. <laughs> oh, as an amateur, 85 and 0? Okay. Oh, and he had 69 knockouts out of those uh, 85 fights. So you're looking at, you know, an 80% knockout ratio or something crazy in that, in, in around there. What would that be, Graham? What would that be? 69 knockouts in 85 fights. So that's 70, 85. That's like 85% or something, is it not? Yeah, that's you know, like 70 out of 85. For sure. So, yeah, 70 out of 85, basically. Basically. So that's five, five. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's way up there, that knockout percentage. And this is when he's an amateur. So then he moves on. He, get, he, he wins the uh, New York Golden Gloves title. Featherweight, gold medal, 1939. That's the New York Golden Gloves, and he does it again. New York Golden Gloves in uh, 1940 under the lightweight division. He moved up one division the next year, and he won the gold medal. So he's the best of the best right there, 39-40 as an amateur. He also won the Inner City Golden Gloves Championship in 39 uh, in Chicago. Uh, that was uh, a gold medal again in the featherweight division, and then he fought the inner inner city golden uh, gloves again in New York in 1940. And again, he was a gold medal winner and he moved up into the lightweight category. So in 39, he was a featherweight and 40, he was a lightweight and he took all the medals, Graham, every one he was in. So like, you know what I mean? That That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. So in his early days, uh, he was one of uh, the youngest of three kids. His father was a, a cotton uh, a peanut and corn farmer in Georgia. And then he didn't really like that life for his family. So they decided to move to Detroit where he got into construction, his father, and uh, he was a construction worker. Eventually his parents separated and his mother took him to New York City, Harlem. So I, I don't, is that, you move from Detroit to Harlem, is that like, <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a step up or what, I don't know. I've never been to either place, so I don't know. That all I can speculate what that was all about. At 12 years old, moving to Harlem. Okay. All right. 11. 11 turning 12. So he uh, he apparently lived on the same uh, street as uh, Joe Lewis. Wow. And Joe wow. Lewis was one of his idols with this other individual, Henry Armstrong, who at the time was uh, a title holder um, when 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 Sugar Ray was a, was a child. You know what I mean? So he looked up to Lewis and Armstrong, apparently. And he decided he was going to, he wanted to start fighting. He was 15 years old. And so he applied to get into this fighting tournament uh, in the neighborhood, I guess, in there, whatever it's, it's the, I think it's called the AAU or something like that. So you need, you need to, you need to get a license or a membership. I think it was a membership in those days to the AAUU or AAU um, and uh, AUU. That's what it would be. AUU. And uh, he was too young. You needed to be 18 years old to get a membership into the club to be able to box. So uh, Mr. Uh, Walker, uh, I guess, you know, 
at that time he's he's still he's still rolling under the name uh, Walker Smith Jr. So Mr. Walker decides uh, he's going to talk to a buddy of his and he's going to get use his ID to get the membership. So he borrows his buddy's ID and what what's the name is but his buddy's name is Ray Robinson. So he used his ID to start his fighting career. Therefore, he decided to keep the name Ray Robinson for the rest of his career. Isn't that a cool uh, way of kind of changing your name and becoming somebody else, I guess? I don't know, right? Do it's whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, right? So he, he basically, he did that. Um, he turned pro in 1940 at 19 years old and by 1957 had a pro record, Graham. Uh, uh, sorry, 1951. So he's turned pro in 40, 11 years. His record at that point was 128, 1, and 2. That's his pro record. So now we're going to go to his pro record totals, okay? Now, this is really going to blow your mind. I'm like, I really had no clue, guys. Guys, Sugar Ray Robinson, I had no clue. I'm, and it's this Neil the deal. I knew he was big, but not this big. That is over the top. So anyways, check out his pro fights, Graham. Guess how many he had? What did you just say? Well, he had 128 in 1951. He had more. Well, he fought till 1965. <laughs> I, I guess so. All right, <laughs> let's 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 double it. 240. Damn close, Graham. That's a good guess. He actually had 200 fights. 200. Like <laughs> we're always talking about the magical 50. Yeah, yeah. This guy had 200. Guys, that's 200. 200. 200. Like. <laughs> Who has 200 fights? I don't even know if there is. Other than that Teofalo Stevenson, that Cuban amateur, he had like 234 fights or something, right, Graham? But other than him, I, I don't, I haven't seen anybody with 200 plus fights under their belt, really. If you guys know of any, please comment on that. Let us know. Maybe we'll talk about those guys or the, that guy or whoever that is. So, anyways, he was 200 fights total. Graham, 173 wins. With 109 knockouts, 19 losses, six draws, and one no contest. When he actually, the no contest, check this out. He was fighting in Europe at the end of his career. And apparently kidney punches in Europe at the time were illegal, but he didn't know that. So he nailed the guy so hard in his kidney, the guy fell to the ground, crumpled out cold, couldn't move. But he lost the fight because illegal punch. But he didn't know that he wasn't allowed to punch there. Like nobody told him he can't punch the kidneys in England. I don't know. What kind of a rules is that? That's that's English for you, though. You know what I mean? They make up their own rules as they go. That's how they do it. That's uh, how they do it. They don't tell us nothing. They just put and do everything, anything they want. So anyways, this guy was crazy. So there we go, Graham. Like 109 knockouts in 200 fights. So that's probably a 62% knockout, you know, ratio, something like that. 50, sorry, 52. So from 1943 to 57 he went on graham check this out he went on to a 91 fight unbeaten streak he won 91 fights straight <laughs> oh, wow. what wow i when i read that i'm like whoa 91 fights straight he, it's the third longest in boxing history and so apparently there's two guys out there who we gotta find who have a longer winning streak than 91 straight I, it doesn't come to mind, but anyways, I held the welterweight world titles from 46 to 51. 
and the middleweight title he he got it the first time in 1951 so we're going to talk a little bit more about how that went uh so in um in 40 and 42 he defeated all comers apparently every fight um all the ex uh, champions future world champions in 40 to 42 he didn't lose a fight out of those 91. in 43 he uh he was inducted into the u.s army graham i guess he was drafted i'm assuming he was drafted and uh and then when he was in the military he was forced to use his his birth name of walker uh walker smith jr so he was not able to use the sugar ray robinson moniker when he was in the military so when he was in the military he actually was in the military with joe lewis joe lewis was older than him by six years right so they became friends they used to perform um boxing um exhibitions and stuff for the for the for the military but robinson was getting very disenchanted with the whole situation because they weren't letting blacks watch the fights they were it was there was a lot of discrimination still going on in those days i guess and he was upset so he caused a bit of a ruckus and they ended up giving him an, an honorable discharge i believe after 15 months in 1944 so he did 15 months service and then they he just wasn't he didn't like what they were doing in the military at that time to the blacks i guess is basically what it was so he's definitely been known as like one of the first very first uh black sports athletes that really came out advocately like frank rob like job frank robinson or the different you know the, the the first ones that came out in the in the sports to kind of say enough's enough right type of thing so in 46 he had a, a 73 one and one record and then i told you by 51 it was like 128 right but he was finally given 128 one and one you know what i mean graham he just kept going he was winning fight every fight he was winning i mean he only lost one fight basically in the first 250 or something so he was finally given the chance to win the title the world title uh he was uh it was a close 15 round decision but he won over a guy named tommy bell 1946. in 1950 the bout against a guy named charlie fusari um he 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 was so gracious he was he was uh, apparently he was a real humanitarian graham like we're gonna go on this might be a two-parter i would think but uh of that fight in 1950 he donated the entire purse that he made that night to uh cancer research he kept one dollar for himself for that specific fight he, he he did this kind of stuff all the time graham um he was a very interesting individual you know and he he had his own way of doing things right so he was also he, he he basically fought this guy named George Costner, all right. And George Costner was running around around 1951, 52, calling himself Sugar, all right. So he kept saying to all the media in those days that I'm the real Sugar. I'm going to show that Robinson who the real Sugar guy is. Blah blah blah. And uh, when they get when they when they got into the ring, basically Robinson said to him, uh, "Your name ain't Sugar. It's mine." And basically decimated the guy in two minutes and 49 seconds of the first round so we they cosner found out real quick who the real sugar was right like real quick and so he got he got freaking done in huge and 47 he had a bit of a blip and his that kind of was kind of rough for him in 47 
he was scheduled to fight a guy named Jimmy Doyle. But uh, Robinson didn't want, he wanted to fight him, but he didn't want to fight him because he had a dream for him. And in his dream, he dreamt that he killed Jimmy Doyle in a boxing match. So he didn't want to fight him. But the promoters were pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. He went to see priests. He went to see uh, church people, uh, like, you know, ministers type of thing. And they blessed him before the fight. So he went in. He had the fight. And uh, he dominated the fight. He KO'd, uh, he KO'd Doyle in the eighth round, knocked him unconscious. And uh, Doyle died that evening. Wow. So... I was like, whoa. So he his dream came true. He predicted his the guy's fate in his dream. And then it happened. So that kind of put a bit of a he was a little bit taken back by that, he said in uh, his autobiography, that that kind of messed him up for a little bit. So I think he took a little bit of time off. He might have retired for a couple of years, like two and a half years or something. But then he uh then he then he came back. He also apparently because the guy died and the guy had said that if the purse that he was um, getting for the Robinson fight, he was going to buy his mother a house, Graham. But because he died, Robinson, for the next four fights, donated all the money to his next four fights to Doyle's mother so she could still buy the house in his name. So that's pretty uh, upstanding. That is humanitarian right there. You know, that's the kind of guy you want to be right so i don't know what to tell you that's that's pretty that's pretty solid of a of a thing to do so in his memory he, he gave the money to the mother and she bought the house that the son wanted her to always have so there you go in 1950 he went into the middleweight division in 51 he was named fighter of the year for the second time and then uh things started going a little down for him he had a bunch of fights. He was fighting a lot of 10-rounders instead of 15-rounders between, uh, say, 52 and 57, right? 57, though, he – 56. He, uh, he had a he had an epic battle against this individual. We're going to talk about him in the notable fights section at the end, guys. So he was fighting this guy named Carmen Bastille. Now, if you guys want to look up to that, yes, I know. And uh, – and yes, he was fighting Carmen Bastille. And basically, these are epic, epic battles, Graham. There was two of them. And I remember seeing one on uh, Boxing Night Classics or Boxing Classics at night. Um, I used to watch it all the time. It was on ESPN. And uh, they'd have the old fights on. I'd, I'd watch them late at night. And I'd tape them on the old VCR. <laughs> get the VCR set up. You know what I mean? Ooh, that was high tech. The VCR. Woo! That was... Oh, and the Walkman for the music? Wow. That was another one that was just booming. So in 57 and 58, both those Bastille fights, Graham, were, were, were deemed fight of the year. Both of them. So you need to watch those ones, guys. Those two are fights of the year in, the, in, the, in that era, that year. So there you go. Um, in 1965, he embarked on a European tour. That's where I was telling you he got that uh, – he had that – I guess it was a no decision because he punched a guy in the kidney where in England, you're not allowed to punch him in the kidney, but he went on some European tour and then he came back in November 65. It was his last fight. He, he lost a unanimous decision to a guy named Joey Archer. 
and that was his uh that was basically his career in 19 he did have another he had some epic battles in 1957 he lost the title to a guy named gene fulmer so if you guys want to look up sugar ray robinson against gene fulmer he fought him four times graham and then he fought he fought jake lamotta i believe it's five times the guy who uh robert de niro played in the movie raging bull that's jake lamotta so that those fights are based on the his battles with sugar ray robinson right more or less that's what the movie's about right so he did all that um in his retirement like i said he was really classy guy graham he made four million dollars in his career in those days four million dollars was a lot of money um in the 50s right and the 60s as we all know um so he was he had a very classy and flamboyant lifestyle he had a pink cadillac um he also which was very interesting and this is a going out to everybody out there in uh talk and fight neil the deal land guys i never knew this where this came from but now i i, I figured it out he's the first individual in the entire world to use the word entourage so all you little rappers out there, little Wayne and little Drake and all your little guys and Justin Beebe's and all the rest of you with your entourage, you can thank Sugar Ray Robinson because that's, and the, you know how he got it? He got off a plane in France, Graham, and some waitress on the plane, as all his friends came down, you know, he'd have the barber with him, he'd have the guy shaving, have the hairstylist with him, he'd have his buddies with him, he'd have his chicks with him. He's like, this guy, he's just cruising with his aunt. The French chick goes, oh, monsieur, le entourage, le entourage. And he goes, oh, I like that word. Now I'm going to call my friends the entourage. That's how it happened. So there you go. A little bit of history, uh, word history there for you guys in the middle of this. He also, uh, he, he really struggled financially, Graham. In 89, he um, when he passed away, he was basically dead poor, literally. And uh, they in night in 2006, the U.S. Postal Service decided they would make a commemorative stamp over him. And uh, in 1965, he basically was broke, and he told uh, everybody, you know, family, friends, and media, and whoever that he had spent the four million dollars that he had uh, that he had made in his career, and he was literally broke the day he retired. So there you go. So notable fights: we got uh, Jake Lamotta. Check him out. We got Carmen Bastille. Check those two out. Jake Lamont is five times, so check that out. Uh, Gene Fulmer, four times. And uh, this is another Rocky. I don't know if you guys know about him. We'll talk about him soon. Rocky Graziano. He's another Rocky. So we'll talk about him. Now, he did get a whack of awards. A whack of awards. He got the Hall of Fame award. He was the first in history to individual world titles five times. Burt Sugarman. Ranked him uh, greatest, greatest, greatest of all time, fighter of all time. 2002 Ring Magazine had him number one out of 80 in the last 80 years. Uh, Box Rec ranked Sugar Ray fourth best pound for pound puncher of all time. Box Rec, they also gave Sugar Ray 31 of his, 31 of his uh, 59 or 69 KOs, a five-star rating. I noticed that. So he won in super flashy fashion you know what i mean graham he was just blazing amazing he had everything that guy had everything going every i won't even let you say it because you guys got to check it out speed 
punching power, foot speed, ring rate, everything. He had everything. He, he, he could he could knock you out going backwards. <laughs> Put it that way. That's what he could do. Knock you out going backwards. So anyways, he died of um, Alzheimer's at 67 years old, which is a real shame. Very young age. Um, and he was, uh, we were just saying to myself, I was thinking, wow, he was a Freemason. All right. He was a Freemason. And uh, I also understand that Jack Dempsey was a Freemason and quite a number of other athletes and stuff. So that's interesting stuff for us. He, uh, in 1999, he was named welterweight and middleweight uh, of the century by the Associated Press of the century. Best middleweight, best welterweight. 2007 ranked top boxer of all time by ESPN. 2003 ring ranked him 11 on the list of all-time greatest punchers. BoxRec Research Organization, the International Box Research Organization, ranked him number one welterweight pound for pound all time. He was inducted into the Madison Square Garden's Walk of Fame, 1992. And he was inspired, Robinson inspired all kinds of fighters to use that moniker Sugar. So we got, he inspired them all. So we got Sugar Ray Leonard, my favorite. We got uh, Sugar Shane Mosley. He loved, I love Mosley. And we also remember, if you remember, uh, Rashad Evans used to call himself the MMA fighter. He used to call him Sugar, Sugar. So that's all in homage to uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, guys. So that's a big one tonight. I want to thank you for coming out, Graham, for having me out. Guys, like, share, do all the great stuff, subscribe, comment, talk about the world's number one ever all-time heavy uh, middleweight, basically middleweight, lightweight, welterweight, every division in there almost. Sugar Ray Robinson, thanks for coming out, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7. Have a safe and nice evening. Take care of yourselves. Thanks, Neil. Well done. Good night.